Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, 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 guys, welcome to Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Now, you've heard the phrase, give the man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. But we're going to define challenge and conquer whether that is the right approach in business. It's a really interesting point and let me give you a little background to this, a little bit of context if you will. A few months ago I read for the purposes of Business Book of the Month podcast which has got a very natty little theme tune that you should all check out. We, uh, we set up a Business Book of the Month podcast, my good friends David Bain, Chris Marr and Colin Gray, who you'll recognise from the Content Marketing Academy, Mr. Chris Marr, the podcast host, Mr. Colin Gray and Digital Marketing Radio, Mr. David Bain. These guys are all geek podcasters like me. So for the purposes of Business Book of the Month, we read a book called The $100 Startup by Mr. Chris Gilbo. And inside that book was a really interesting phrase. Give them the fish. Give them the fish. And there was some context given. And, you know, the, the book went on to talk about that to a degree. And it was a concept that really, really interests me. And the reason that I find it so interesting is that, look, we all love what we do. I love what I do. I'm a real geek for startups. I mean, I love the startup space. I love taking ideas, validating them and building them into businesses. And I also love web and digital and tech and you know, people helping people. And I just, I just love business. I'm just that guy. And I'll be honest, <laughs> I talk about it that much that I'm pretty sure that I bore 90% of people that I come across. I mean, my wife, Mrs. A, bless her, she's, she gets the brunt of it. I talk about this stuff a lot. And granted, a lot of the time she tells me to shut up. <laughs> and I do, as all good husbands will know, that is what you do. But you know, we talk about it. We love business. It's what we do. We love what we do. We, whether whether it's business that we love, whether it's our particular vocation that we love, you know, whatever it is, you love something. And the problem with that is that we can kind of dig in a little bit too deep sometimes with customers. And that's a really good thing to start with because you, you know, let's assume that you're selling to someone. Let's assume that I am selling, I don't know, let's say I'm selling a web presence in my guises director at Hacksaw, the agency. I've got a new client in who wants a fantastic web presence. I can really get passionate about this because I love it. I love the idea of conversion optimization, integrating tools that make your life easier. I can talk about setting up landing pages that work really well and also tracking metrics right through from start to finish and making sure that you can, you can create a cost per acquisition per customer. You know, I love all that stuff. And the great thing with that is the fact that I love that comes across in these sessions. So if I'm pitching to someone, it comes across that I love it and it gets them excited, which is really, really good. Really, really good. And we make the sale, you know, we go ahead, we go about our business and that's really good. That's a great outcome. However, that's not so great if you are an entrepreneur who is looking at creating products, who is looking at creating either something technical, so maybe you're in the startup space and you're creating a tech startup, or maybe you're a solo entrepreneur who's got a podcast, got a brand, got an online presence, got an audience, and you want to create some courses, you want to create some videos, you want to create some paid-for content. 
The trouble with getting so passionate about things at that point is that yes, we create things that are technically possible and technically amazing. You know, things that we are so proud of. Look what I've done. Look what I've managed to, managed to do. The problem is, customers don't care about that. And thus, they might not buy that. Very frequently, they don't buy that. And that kind of leaves us scratching our head a little bit. Leaves us in, 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 a, in a weird little limbo place where we've built this fantastic thing. We've created this fantastic product that we know is technically fantastic. It's the only website builder that does this. It's the only video series that includes this. It's the only X that includes Y. You know, we do that. And we, we, we've all done that. I'm sure you can think of an example that you've created and you've put something out there and it just didn't fly. Just didn't sell. Just did not sell. And we wonder why. We wonder, this thing is amazing. Look at all that it can do. But we haven't validated that idea. And I'm talking about validation a lot on recent episodes, actually. I spoke about it in the last episode when we spoke about the one simple decision, sorry, the one simple question you can ask to make every single business decision easier. Talked about it then, spoke about it in the productivity optimization episode. And it's a really big thing for me at the minute, validation. Um, you know, I think it, I think it's something that, we don't really do enough of. And it's because we don't necessarily validate that we create the things that we think are amazing, but yet no one buys. So I'm going to give you an example. So in uh, November 2014, I had the idea for podcast websites, which is an all-in-one WordPress solution for podcasters. So you know, look, if you're a podcaster, you don't have to put up with WordPress anymore. You don't have to worry about all the compromise. You don't have to do any of the stuff that we have to do to hack together a podcast. You don't have to do any of that. Podcast websites does it all for you. So we've got so many different tools and incentives and so many different workflow improvements on WordPress just for podcasters. That is the niche that we're in just for podcasters. And we, we gave the customers, the members, our early members, some amazing tools and those tools still exist. We've got a fantastic page builder. We've got a series of themes that are just absolutely insanely customizable. You can build using Builder and the customizable tools. You can build a website that looks nothing like anyone else's. You can build something truly unique using these tools. Really fantastic. And when we put it out there, yes, we got some great feedback, but the feedback was only from about 50% of people. The rest of the people were quiet. So I decided to do a little bit of research on that and just ask. What are you struggling with? What's going on? Tell me about this. In fact, the matter was, they appreciated the tools that we'd given them. They, they understood how technically fantastic they were and, you know, all this other cool stuff that, that makes me feel warm inside. You know, they loved that, but they didn't want to use them. <laughs> they didn't want to bloody use the things. Why didn't they want to use them? Well, I didn't know. I had no idea at that time. I, I could not fathom it. So I asked. I said, all right, well, tell me about your day. Tell me about, just tell me about what you do. Tell me about when you log into your website. Tell me about the things that you do when you're online. Tell me about when you come to customize your podcast website. What's that process? Tell me your particular process. And I listened, you know, I surveyed maybe 50, 60 people, amazing members we've got at podcast websites. They're, they're, they're so generous with the time. So thank you for that. And it turned out that although the tools were fantastic, these guys just didn't have the time or the willingness to use them. They didn't want to use them. And the reasons were multiple. Like I said, the time was a problem. 
Or actually, they wanted to just build their audience. They wanted to focus on their show. They wanted to focus on building an email list or creating a lead magnet or creating a video course or a membership site. Ultimately, the design wasn't important enough to them. So that was kind of interesting. So what I did was I created a little pilot, something called the Web Design Power Pack, which takes all of my knowledge over years and years and years and years of building things for people online, takes all of that knowledge and wraps it in a in a package that doesn't cost thousands of pounds, doesn't cost thousands of dollars like a bespoke package would. It costs just a few hundred, just a few hundred, and it gives you everything you need. It gives you complete a complete design using our tools so that you can customize things. You can still build on this yourself later but it creates a bespoke world-class design for your podcast website. And, you know, that that was a, just a very simple product. It's got very set parameters. And I put it out to people. I said to them, okay, look, here's your problem, as you've told me. You don't have time to do this. You don't care enough about your design to spend your time on it. But what if I gave you an option to improve your layout, to improve your podcast website tenfold, with a fraction of the time input required of you, would you pay for it? Would you pay for it? And the answer was yes, they would pay for it. Each one of them said a resounding yes, of course they would pay for it. So we created the web design power pack and now that's that's included in our onboarding process. So someone joins podcast websites, they're onboarded, they get a personal call with me, I chat to every single member, you know the old Peter Thiel, is it Peter Thiel or Paul Graham? I forget. I apologize to both of you. <laughs> I'm sure I think it might have been Paul Graham, actually. Do things that don't scale. The old YC mantra, Y Combinator mantra. Do do things that don't scale. And, you know, that's what we start to do. So you get an onboarding call with me. You get a welcome. Hey, I'm Mark. Great to meet you. You know, I'm, I'm sort of CEO and co-founder of, of podcast websites. How can I help? You know, great to meet you. Tell me about your show. Then you get another couple of emails, you know, welcome to the Facebook community, join the Facebook group, there's a massive support network there. Here's a little bit about your website security, just for your own peace of mind. And then about a week later, just when people have had enough time to work on the system, get to know whether they want to build it or whether they want to have it built for them, they get an email. Did you know the Web Design Power Pack exists? Here's exactly what it does. Here's exactly what it costs is exactly how long it will take to do. And here is one big blue button that says, yes, I want to do that. Really simple stuff. But that's made its way into our onboarding campaign and it works, it converts. You know, it, it works. People value the fact that you can get access to world-class design and world-class, you know, in a very specific niche for podcasting. At a very, very low cost in terms of value. It's, it's just stacked in favour of the customer, which of course it should be. You know, so that that made me wonder, made me made me think about this a little bit more. This this kind of product, it kind of gives the people the fish. They don't want to be taught how to fish. They want to be given the fish. And the example actually in the hundred dollar startup is that okay, you turn up to a restaurant and you sit down. It's a really good example. You sit down in the restaurant and there's you and your partner, and you're sitting down, you're browsing the menu, and the waiter comes over to you and says, uh, you're in to order, sir, madam? Yeah, of course we are. Okay. And you order, you proceed to order, give them nice two courses, you have a starter and a main course, and then the waiter says to you, well, super stuff, okay, I've got your order. 
Follow me, I'll take you into the kitchen, and uh, we'll start cooking together. What? You'd be shocked and amazed if that happened, wouldn't you? You'd be... be <laughs> I've come to a restaurant, not a cooking school. If I wanted to cook, I'd stay at home. And that's the idea. We pay for convenience, we pay for value, we pay to be given the fish. And there's a real challenge with that, because as entrepreneurs, as business people, as technical people, as especially in tech startups, you know, I see this in, in tech startups quite a lot. You want to flex your knowledge muscles, you want to flex your development muscles, you want to flex your knowledge and let people know just how clever you are. We've all done that. Come on, we've all done that. Look what I've made this do. Look what I've achieved. Look what I've managed to build. Look what I've created. Super. That looks fantastic. Really is technically fantastic. Like the Newton. Apple's Newton. Remember that? It was kind of a precursor, really, really bad, an old precursor to the iPad. And it was a little personal assistant, but it had a stylus. And when Steve Jobs came back in from Next, he binned the Newton. And the reason for that was that it was a great idea, but no one wanted it. No one wanted this this thing, this awful PDA. And I think, we, again, we do fall into that trap sometimes. You know, that, without a doubt, at the time, the Newton was a feat of engineering. It was, just like every Apple product since then. Most Apple products, <laughs> most Apple products since then. And I think together as entrepreneurs, we, we fall very easily into this trap, especially if we are solo entrepreneurs. You know, we sat maybe in our home office thinking, wow, this is a great idea. I've just had an idea that's going to change the world. And then you realize someone else is doing it. You get distracted. You worry, ah, someone else is doing it. I can never do it now. Someone else is doing it. Well, of course you can. That just proves you can make money doing it. Just proves that there's a market for it. But very often we get stuck in this idea of, and it, it, we do we do genuinely get stuck. You know, we, we find an idea and we stick on it. We stick on it without talking to people. And what we end up doing is creating a product or service that people don't necessarily want or people don't necessarily need. Or we solve a problem for people that frankly isn't big enough a problem for them to pay for. So as an example, let's say that you're creating some software to solve a problem for a business. If the business is coping fine by cobbling together little bits of Excel spreadsheets and all sorts of little bits of rubbish to make it work and they're happy cobbling things together, whilst you could solve the problem that they've got and stop them having to cobble out reports on Excel, they won't pay for it because they're happy with the solution. It's not a big enough problem. We, we know the problem exists, but they're not willing to, to, to buy it. And that becomes really prevalent as well in places like web design. So, you know, I think back to my early days in, in, in the agency when, so Hacksaw, the agency now, HacksawStudio.com is the agency that I set up with a few friends a few years ago, a long time ago now, actually. And, you know, in the early days, we used to pitch design for web, which is great. Everyone's a good looking web design. But it's not until you get to the point where people value design that they're willing to pay for design. So we operate out of a small town in the north of England called Barnsley. And it just, after, after a lot of mistakes, we realised that people in Barnsley just didn't value design. All they wanted was our website because their mates got one. Or even if they're a big company, a big corporate, you know, a big industrial. They don't care. They don't care about design. They don't care about the difference that design makes because perhaps their audience doesn't care. All they want is to download some spec sheets and be able to log in and download an invoice. 
So I was going in and pitching on design only and saying, well, look, okay, we can do the same as everyone else, but our design is so much better. That's true. And it is a selling point, but only if the people want to buy it. Is it a buying point? Is it a pain point? Because if someone's going to come in cheaper and do the same spec of work, but the design's going to be a lot worse and they don't care, we lose the job. And we couldn't fathom that out for a while. We were wondering what, you know, we, we want to put our prices at this price point. We want to be more expensive than the competitors because we don't want to, we don't want to operate in their cesspool of, of just cheap, rubbish jobs. And the only point of differentiation we had at that point was the design quality. And it took some thinking about, you know, it took some learning. It took some real searching and asking, why, why are you not buying? Why? Look, the design, look how good it looks. Well, the truth is it just doesn't matter. It just didn't matter to these people. So we had to very quickly pivot on that. We had to realize what actually, what do people want? Yes, design is a factor. So we've got two choices. We either create other points of value for people. We actually understand their actual problems and solve them, which we did. We created a lot of different products and services and different ways of pitching and different ways of getting people excited about what matters to them because each type of business has something different that matters to them. Each business person has something different that matters to them. So we became equipped with all of these different USPs and all of these different benefits for people. And suddenly conversions went through the roof. And then the second option was moving to a market where design does matter. Moving to a market where design does matter. Give them the fish. Don't teach them to design. Give them the fish. Give them the things that matter. Give them the experience. Give them the value. So we moved local. We changed our local targeting. We changed our geographic targeting. We sent people from within the agency to the right places at the right time to mix with the right people who want to buy design. It's really simple when you think about it, but God, we must be so daft because we, we missed it for a long time. And you know, it's a huge learning curve. You've got to wise up to yourself and understand what you don't know. I think, you know, I'm, I'm certainly one for that. I'm always learning and, and, and I don't know what I don't know until I realize I don't know it, which sounds really obvious, but it really isn't. When you sat down and you're busy working, you forget that you need to keep learning and get out of that comfort zone. So the point that I'm trying to make is unless you know, actually what the pain points are for people, unless you know, what people actually want to buy from you. What are the things that you can give them that make their lives easier? How can you give them the fish? Don't give them the tools. Give them an experience, an end-to-end -end experience. It's why walking into an Apple shop is so immersive. I hate the place. It's so busy. <laughs> but there's a reason. An Apple shop is the most busy place in a shopping mall. Apart from maybe the food aisles if you're me. And the reason is it's a great experience. People, they're giving us the fish. It's not like we've got to build a PC up and overclock the RAM. It's not like we've got to build a PC up and change the graphics card or buy a monitor that is just so high definition. We've not got to change the mouse and the keyboard for gaming. Apple give us the fish. Apple say it's a closed operating system. Sorry, closed hardware. It's a closed system. Here's the experience of an Apple product. Fantastic. Fantastic. They're giving us the fish. And yeah, of course, some people will want to tinker. Some people will want to overclock their PCs and 
tweak and add SD cards to their Android phones. But some of us, like me, and some of us like you, we just want it to work. We just want to be given the fish. We want to turn up at the restaurant and have the food cooked for us. We want to turn up to our accountants knowing that everything's done for us. We want to turn up at home and see that the builder has done everything that we've asked him to do. We want to be given the fish. We don't want to be given a hammer and a chisel and told to chop out our own double socket. We don't want that. So it's a really interesting, I think it's a really interesting topic because there are some, there are some, I guess, behaviours that we all need to just start to adopt. And I'm going to talk through those in the actionable tips, which I'm just going to move into in a second, because I think that, you know, I'm not saying this is for everyone, but for entrepreneurs like yourself, like me, that may be struggling with certain things or may have struggled with certain things and always wondered why, always wondered why, no matter what product I put out there, nothing works. Let me give you three tips, three actionable tips that might help with that. Number one, you've got to ask customers what they really want, but don't pitch your idea. Again, this is back to my favorite book at the moment, The Mom Test by Rob Fitz. You'll be sick hearing about that because it's such a good book. You've got to let them tell you about your, their problems. You can't say to them, hey, listen, what do you think about this? I've got a website platform that allows podcasts to build podcasters to build fantastic websites. Do you think that's a good idea? Of course they're going to say yes, because they don't want to hurt your feelings. What you need to ask them, the way you need to ask them is, hey, Mark, you're a podcaster. You've, I see you've got a website there. Just... How's that going? Tell me a little bit about that. You know, what's your publishing process? Tell, talk to me about how long it takes you to publish your episodes. Talk to me about your design process. Talk to me about your build process. How do you create your lead magnets? How do you link up your Airweb or your MailChimp or your Infusionsoft? How do you do that? Ask them like that. Let them tell you what they want. Let them tell you what they want and ask as many people as you can to start spotting trends. And keep a tab of it. Stick it in a spreadsheet, stick it on Trello, whatever. Start spotting trends. You can even use something like Responster if you want to do it more remote. Use Responster to create a fantastic, simple, quick survey of three or four questions. So actionable tip number one, ask customers what they really want, but don't pitch your idea. Let them tell you about their problems. Actionable tip number two, learn whether they are willing to pay for it because there's a, such a difference between someone saying, yeah, this problem exists but I'm not willing to pay for it. There's a big difference between that and, yeah, sure, take my money. You know, we did that again with podcast websites. I'm sorry to harp on about it, but we validated it. We didn't build a thing. We did a webinar, myself and John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. He's, he's our business partner in this. We held a webinar. We said, listen, guys, here is what problems you have told us you've got. Now, here's what we intend on doing. But for this to happen, you have to give us some money. You have to pay for this service upfront, and we will activate your website within three weeks. If you validate this using your wallets, if you vote with your wallets, this will be with you in three weeks. And people did. We've got 124 people paying a, a discounted rate. It's, it's currently sat at $97 per month. At that time, it was 47 So we've got 124 people paying $47 a month. Not much. Not much by any stretch, but it was enough. It was enough to validate the idea. So actionable tip number two, ask people if they're willing to pay for a solution to the problem that you've identified from actionable tip number one. And then actionable tip number three, 
is give them the fish. Give them the solution. Don't teach them. Don't consult on it. Don't make your time the thing that you charge. Give them the solution. Whatever that is, give them the solution. And help them with that. Teach them how to use the solution, not how to build the solution. Teach them how to make the most of the solution, not build the solution. Teach them how to take the solution, implement it, and make it a success, not how to build the solution. You build the solution. You give them the fish. You give them the fish. Because you've already asked them, look, tell me what problems you're having. You've already learned that they're willing to pay for it. So all you now need to do is give them it. I know it sounds so simple. I mean, that yeah, that's a really... It's a really simplified version of that, but in principle, that works, you know, that really, really works. Ask people around you, just start asking people. You know, all of the biggest businesses that I can think of started out by solving a very specific problem for a very specific set of people and then scaled up. If I remember correctly, Google's a way of referencing university texts. That sounds right, if I remember correctly. Very specific, solving one problem for one set of people. Really important to just nail that down. Just give a subset of people the fish. And then if you want to expand later, do the same same exercise. So we validated podcast websites. We gave them the fish. People paid for it. We're up to hundreds of members because we're giving them the fish. And then we validated the web design power pack by asking if people would pay for it. And they said yes, and we gave them the fish, and people do pay for it. So try and think through that. Try and, you know, step out of this podcast. I'm going to wrap it up in a second. So I want you to right now take some action. Head into your, ho- into your office, or go for a walk, or take the dog out, or go for a run, or go to the gym. Just go into a space that suits you, where you can think and you can let your mind run, and start saying to yourself, okay, what set of people do I know? that I can ask the question of, tell me what you struggle with. Who do I know? You don't need an audience for this. You just need to know people. Who do I know? So there's a great startup in London, for example, who will tell you what meals to eat if you want to hit certain macronutrients if you're training for something. So if you're bulking up or you're trimming down, you have to have certain macronutrients, carbs, protein, and fat. And... They will tell you the meals to eat that will include that. And you can just basically drag some sliders around, say that you want another 20 grams of protein in this meal, and it will give you all the quantities and you just you just buy the ingredients and off you go, you make it. That solves a problem for people in gyms. And it's a really simple problem. So that's what I mean. You don't need an audience, you know. So many people say you need this audience to start but it's chicken and egg. It's like when you're 16 and someone says to you, have you got a job? Well, no, I've not got a job because everyone I ask to give me a job says you need experience, but I can't get experience until I get a job. That's such, I remember those days. Wow. (laughs) They were hard days. And creating a business or a product is very, very similar. Yes, you need an audience to be able to continually sell. Of course you do. But you can't create an audience until you've got something that people want, whether it's content, whether it's product, whatever that is. So ask people what you can do for them, but specifically ask, what problems do you have? 
What problems do you have? And then just listen. Figure out what they want. Ask whether they would pay for it. And then give them the fish, guys. Give them the fish. So I'm going to stick a pin in that there. I've really enjoyed this. I'm enjoying these solo episodes. So again, I've asked this on the last two or three. If you like them, can you just give me some feedback? If you hate them, can you just please give me some feedback? If you think I should do a mix of episodes, give me some feedback. I'm all ears. I want to know exactly what you want from me so that I can help you. Give them the fish. (laughs) So thank you for spending this 30 minutes with me. I'm going to drop in again, like I did on the last episode, that I'm going to be speaking at New Media Europe in London this year, which runs in June. So listen, I'd love to see you guys there. And I say it every time, and I genuinely mean this. I know a lot of good places to eat and drink in London. So if you guys are there, Let's get together. Let's shoot some ideas around. Let's see how we can help each other. And let's just get together over at New Media Europe. I'd love to see you there. And also, I'm going to see you at Podcast Movement as well in Chicago on July 6th to 8th over in Chicago. So I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys there. Really looking forward to it. And thank you so much. You've spent nearly 30 minutes with me again, and it's so, so appreciated. And don't forget, guys, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. (laughs) 